Good morning. Uh, I'm very um, blessed to be able to bring um, a message to us today from our word. Um, it was dealer's choice today, John, said that, that I could pick. So immediately a whole bunch of stories came to mind um, for me. Um, encounters with Jesus, uh, thing, times where people's lives intersected with, with Jesus and things changed in, in massive ways. And, and one of the first that, of course, uh, stood out to me was um, blind Bartimaeus. Um, um, my wife the other day pointed out the, um, the irony that we still call him blind Bartimaeus when uh, after that forever he was, and still to this day, would be sighted Bartimaeus. Um, but there he is. He's, he's stuck with doubting Thomas as blind Bartimaeus. And poor Thomas, who is certainly believing Thomas. Anyway. Just wondering if I can get my clicker to work. Okay. So what we're thinking of today is what it was that the blind man could see. You know, some years back, my grandparents visited us at our home in Maitland. Um, lovely to have them. But when they got home, Grandma discovered that her glasses were gone. They looked through the bag, looked through the car, couldn't find them anywhere. We then turned our house upside down looking for them, and, and we couldn't find them anywhere. We assured Grandma they were not in our house. She rang back a couple of days later to ask us to look again. So we looked again in all the places it could be and in some of the places where they couldn't be as well. And, and we were quite sure they weren't in our, car, in our house. Eventually, um, sometime later on down the week, um, Grandma and Granddad had this um, um, a really lovely, helpful neighbour, a blind man though, um, a very capable blind man who would help them with things around the place. Um, and this day he was cleaning their car for them. Coming in from cleaning the car, he came in with grandma's glasses they had found um, under one of the seats. And, and the irony of this wasn't lost on grandma, that, that it took a blind man to find her, her lost glasses. Um, <laughs> but it's something similar that we have in our reading today. We've got Bartimaeus, a blind man, who with eyes of faith sees more clearly than crowds of sighted people. But first, some context. Peter, James and John if we read in the chapter previously, have just witnessed Jesus' transfiguration, a glimpse of Jesus' true glory, which has been cloaked in his humanity. Jesus now has his eyes firmly on the cross and is headed to Jerusalem for the last time. Just one verse prior to this, in verse 45, in answering the misguided request of James and John to have places of honour beside Jesus in his coming kingdom, Jesus corrects our understanding of greatness, say, saying, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. You see, Jesus' heart will not be turned from the cross. His but his focus doesn't cause him to miss Bartimaeus. After all, it was for people like Bartimaeus, people like me and you, that he came and that he was heading to the cross for. In Bartimaeus' encounter with Jesus today, I really want us to see these three things. That we must rightly see our need. That we must rightly see Jesus. And that we must call out to him like he's our only hope, because he is. 
we must rightly see our need. Bartimaeus knew his. He was totally blind and no one could help him. He was a beggar, dependent on the goodwill of others for everything. A scrap of bread here, a copper coin there. He knows the people who pass by give less than they could. But even if they were to give all, they couldn't give him what he needed. He lived each day in darkness. Do we see our need like that? Apart from Jesus, we live in spiritual darkness. We know that the other things that we look to can't really meet our need. And often they give us far less than we'd even hoped for. If things go well for us, maybe we could buy our own house. We're still far from home. We can buy washing machines, dishwashers, steam cleaners, pressure cleaners, even robot vacuum cleaners. And that washing powder that gives whiter than white and brighter than bright. But we can't wash away our sin. We can take out gym memberships, health insurance, even life insurance, but we've got no answer to the problem of death. The Apostle Paul could see it too. Wretched man that I am, he said, who would deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. It's from Romans 7. Brothers and sisters, we must rightly see our need, but for Jesus... We live each day in spiritual darkness with no hope of deliverance. But then, of course, we must rightly see Jesus. In verse 47, Bartimaeus calls out, Jesus, son of David. He sees that Jesus is the promised Messiah. We have this promise uh, given to King David in 2 Samuel um, chapter 7. Uh, God promises him, your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me. Your throne shall be established forever. You see, for centuries, Israel had waited for this new king, this son of David, whose throne would be established forever. And with eyes of faith, Bartimaeus sees that Jesus is the one. A note here for those of us who enjoy being part-time New and Old Testament scholars. Um, Messiah is a Hebrew word and, and, um, and Christ comes from the Greek word, uh, but they both essentially mean the same thing. They mean anointed one or chosen one. Um, kings chosen by God in the Old Testament would be anointed by a prophet to show God's choosing of them. And this was the chosen one, the anointed one that they had been waiting there are, this is actually the first year um, with Bartimaeus calling Jesus the son of David. It's the first of only three occasions we know of where Jesus is called son of David. Um, in Matthew 9, there are two other blind men seeking healing. That came a, a little bit later on chronologically. Matthew 15, um, there's a Canaanite woman with a demon-possessed daughter. I find it interesting that these uh, occasions where people call out to Jesus of son of, as son of David have something in common. The people are asking for mercy and for healing. We see humble servants with deep needs who have found a true king with great power and great love. So Bartimaeus saw Jesus as he really was, the son of David, 
the Messiah, the Christ, God's anointed, the rescuer, one with power and authority, but also mercy and humility. The crowd is full of people who think Jesus is pretty special. A great teacher, an inspiring leader, worker of miracles even. But Bartimaeus calls out to Jesus as his only hope. And he has Jesus' ear. Do we see Jesus as he really is? He might be a great teacher, an inspirational example, your best friend even. But if you don't see him first as Lord and Saviour, then you haven't really seen him at all. We must rightly see Jesus. And once we have, to keep our eyes on him, each day knowing him more deeply and seeing him more clearly. Peter closes his second letter with this same encouragement saying, grow in grace, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. It's from 2 Peter 3.18. Finally, we must call out to him like he's our only hope, because he is. Bartimaeus calls out, Seeing his great need and Jesus' great power, he calls out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. This is frowned on by the crowd. Why make a scene? Leave the teacher alone. Can't you see that he's busy? In verse 48, they tell him to quiet down. Be silent, they say. He's embarrassing them. He's embarrassing himself. He's making a fool of himself. No one likes getting on the wrong side of the crowd. No one likes to stand out as a fool. But he keeps yelling. He makes a scene. He simply won't be shut up. It seems to me that Bartimaeus was willing to be what Paul called a fool for Christ. Why? Because of his righteousness? Because of his courage? I don't think so. I think it's because he was desperate. He could see his desperate need. He could see his one shot at deliverance. And he wasn't going to let it pass him by. Friends, we must call out to Jesus like he's our only hope. Because he is. If you've never called out to Jesus before, Jesus, Lord and Saviour, have mercy and do it today. Be real about your need. You're not right with God and you can't make it right. See your need as it is, but also see Jesus as he is. In Timothy Keller's book, The Meaning of Marriage, he makes lots of comparisons between marriage and the gospel, showing that marriage is in fact a picture of the gospel. And he says this, the gospel is this, we are more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we ever dared believe. Yet at the very same time, we are more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ 
than we ever dared hope. See, confronting our own need and seeing it as it really is, is downright terrifying. But what comfort to know that Jesus can meet us in our need and that he does. Many of you have called out to Jesus like this, I know, trusting him as your Lord and Saviour. For you, I would say, just don't lose the desperation. You need him just as much today as you did yesterday, and you'll need him just as much tomorrow. In verse 51, Jesus then asks Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus knew what he needed. When we pray, he knows what we need too. But when we speak our needs to Jesus, when we put them in his hands, it's an expression of faith. Faith that we have come to the one who can help us when no one else could. So brothers and sisters, this morning, let us stop putting our hopes in success, in comfort, in our health, in financial security. Even if we are to achieve these things, and we do manage some of them, some of the time at least, they can never truly meet our needs. We must call out to Jesus like he's our only hope, because he is. Jesus then tells him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. These are his words for us today too. On hearing these words, we must follow him. You see, Bartimaeus, he knows his need and Jesus' power and he's now experienced Jesus' um, deliverance. He joyfully follows. Um, We read in verse 52, Um, that immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. So when Jesus says, go your way, what is Bartimaeus' way? Previously, it was to sit in darkness, but now it's to joyfully follow Jesus, living each day in continued dependence on him. It's speculated, you know, by some um, New Testament commentators that, that Bartimaeus is one of the few people that Jesus heals um, that Mark ever even learns the name of. And, and we wonder if that's because he actually became a part, uh, an important part of um, the early church. It's just speculation, but I find it interesting. Anyway, the model for us is that we're to be living in continued dependence on him. Each day, seeing our own need more deeply, seeing his goodness more brightly, calling out to him in our needs, but also calling out to him to meet the needs of others. I'd love to see us as a church being people um, who who pray for each other. And saying that I'll pray for you and and going home and praying for someone is, is wonderful. But... But let's be willing to be a fool for Christ. Let's, let's call out to Jesus in the need then and there. Um, can I pray for you now? Um, and let's be people um, who will call out to Jesus like he's our only hope for each other as well. Thank you very much. Uh, go your way. Your faith has made you well.